What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands, and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Welcome to the latest episode of Five on the Floor of the Five Reasons Sports Network. Thanks for joining us on your favorite podcast app, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, also Red Circle, and the Five Reasons YouTube channel. Make sure you hit like, subscribe, and turn the notifications on. Also, check out the great sponsors of the Five Reasons Sports Network. That includes our betting partner, Better Edge. Use the code 5RSN. Enter our tournaments. Use that code, the number 5, and then RSN. You get $20 to play. Our tournaments on the NFL are only 10 bucks. You can also, of course, find the line you want on pretty much any game Again, go to betteredge.com, use the code 5RSN. This is legal sports betting. And our fantasy sponsor, Prize Picks, for that one, use the code 5, F-I-V-E. Still legal in the state of Florida, no matter what you've heard. Go to prizepicks.com, the Google Play Store, or the Apple App Store. And again, use that code F-I-V-E. Get that initial deposit matched up to $100. And now, today's episode. Down to this day. Yeah. Five on the floor, ride for my dogs. Where is the thing? You can check the score. Hustle hard, couple scars, wearing bubble frogs. Just like Buckley said, you in trouble, y'all. Kept the floor playing, got an all band. Y'all seen the block, stop the one hand. And Pat, we trust, it's power, have the guts. We're here to bring the heat. Y'all can hang it up. Welcome to Five on the Floor, a daily insider show on the Miami Heat and the NBA featuring Ethan Skolnick, Greg Sylvander, and Alex Toledo, plus others from the Five Reasons Sports Network. All right, welcome back to Five on the Floor. Here's today's floor plan. I'm Ethan Skolnick. You can follow me at Ethan J. Skolnick and at Five Reasons Sports. I got Brady Hawk. You can follow me at Brady Hawk 305. We're doing this on a Thursday. As we speak, actually, the Heat are preparing for another practice. Make sure you check out our episode with Wayne Ellington, new assistant coach of the Miami Heat. Had some fun with him at the end. Who does he think would win a shooting contest if he participated against current members of the Heat? I think you can probably guess that. So check it out. Uh, did an episode with Wayne, got into his history against the big three, also with the Miami Heat and his transition to coaching. But today, Brady and I are going to go through the two highest upside prospects in the Miami Heat, the last two first-round picks, Nikola Jovic and, of course, Jaime Hawkins Jr. We're doing this as both players are actually dealing with injuries. We really don't know the severity. Um, Nikola Jovic did compete in the preseason game on Tuesday night and was not seen on the bench. Uh, initially, when I asked uh, a Heat official right after the game if there was anything wrong with him, I was told no, but then the official went back and checked again and was told that he had been dealing with a knee injury, hurt his knee in the game. And as we speak, actually, is supposed to be getting checked out by another doctor to kind of figure out what's going on. So, again, they didn't believe it was severe at the time. Uh, we'll see how that plays out. We know how the heat can be with injuries. Jaime Hawkins Jr. injured his groin in practice on Wednesday. So, again, waiting on an update there. So we may have a little bit more information for you. If so, we'll put it on off the floor, Twitter, and all the other platforms. But we want to do a bigger picture episode because we're not expecting, and again, knock on something, we're not expecting these to be long absences. 
we want to get into from what we've seen so far, whether it's been in camp scrimmage, the first preseason game, uh, as much as both participated, who has a chance to contribute first. And when I pulled this Brady, I don't know if it would have pulled this way a month ago um, while we were watching Nikola Jovic participate in the world cup. But right now it's at 78% Hakez. And some of that may be recency bias because Hakez closed the game the other night. Uh, Placey playing point guard. I mean, he was handling the ball a lot, running a ton of pick and rolls, uh, made some big plays towards the end. Whereas again, Jovic didn't play in the second half, but some of it just might be fit on the roster and also where they are in their stages of development. So I'll ask you this question right now, looking at assuming health, who contributes first? I think it's definitely a case of a little bit of recency bias, but with that said, I actually lean Jaime Hawkins as well. And I think the reason is, is you kind of see where his role can place into. And when I say that, I mean, if Jimmy's out or Caleb Martin is out this season, he's playing like he's plugging right into that role. Whereas for Nikola Jovic, if Kevin Love is out, you can say he slides in, but then I can see instances of the regular season where it's like, you put Haywood Highsmith into the starting four, and then all of a sudden off the bench, you have like they, they could find different ways to go about a rotation. Whereas, like, I think it's as simple as one of those guys being out, Jimmy or Caleb Hawkins steps in. And I think what you saw in that preseason game, once again, one preseason game, like, we should also kind of say that, that it does not mean everything for especially for the Hawkins Jovic battle, uh, which I don't even know if it's a battle, but we're kind of putting them against each other right now. He just looks very, and this has been talked about for a while, but he looks very complete. Like, he looks very. Uh, under control and a guy that can contribute right now, whereas uh, a guy that Spo will lean on. And I think that's the big case to be made here when you're kind of comparing who strikes first. I think Spo, in terms of trust with Lean Hawkins or Ryovic at this current moment, just because I feel like Hawkins is more ready. Uh, he's going to kind of, he doesn't have to, he's not all over the place. Like, you know what he's going to give you at this moment. He's, his role is defined. Uh, I thought the stuff that we saw, obviously, we talked about the footwork and, uh, the mid-range play and all that type of stuff. But even the stuff where I was talking about after the game, like his defense looked pretty good to me. Like I thought he held up on a lot of switches. I thought he did good in isolation situations. We'll see what he does around screens uh, and that with that type of navigation. But if he's able to even just be decent defensively, they'll play him, especially when those guys are out. And the question will become now who would strike first when fully healthy? Because we keep giving the asterisk of like if Jimmy's out, if Caleb's out, if this guy's out. If fully healthy, I think that's the question to be had because I think eventually if fully healthy, you want Jovic to kind of step in first because he can kind of uh, be the guy ideally that would play next to Bam or step into a, a regular role. But we have to get there first. It's really – we've seen one preseason game. has a long season to be had. He obviously has to get healthy and all this stuff. But I think in terms of your question about striking first, I think it's got to be Hawkins. I think some of this is how do they replicate situations for both – that are most similar to where they've thrived in the past. And it seems like it's easier to replicate it for Hawkes than it is for Jovic. Like we watched Jovic in summer league. We watched Jovic in world cup. We saw him have some really strong games and we saw him have a couple games where he was not as much of a factor. And it does seem like if you don't give him something defined, he may drift a little bit because he's still kind of finding his way. And he has this very unique skill set. And we can talk about ceilings because I think the the question is a little bit different when you start to get into the ceiling question. But it does seem like with Jovic, he would be more effective if others are out, if that makes sense, uh, where, 
you know, like, let's say again that, that he's, uh, you know, he's playing in a situation, like, let's say Bam's out. Okay. And you need somebody in the front court that you can run some Bam stuff with offensively and be a distributor and a facilitator and all that. Okay. And really empower him. Like I could see Jovich having like a two week run with Bam out. If, you know, Bryant would likely play Orlando Robinson would play, but I think that Spolster would find a place for Jovich to play there because they would need to, again, replicate some of the things that Bam can do on the offensive end. But with Hawkes, like it doesn't seem that hard to replicate. Like, it just seems like you said, like, OK, they already have this stuff in for Jimmy and Caleb. And we know that Jimmy's going to miss time like that. That's the, the key thing here. And so they will they will they will need as whereas a bam. We don't know for sure if he's going to miss time again. Knock on something. You hope that he doesn't. He's had one season where he missed considerable time. He came back around when they expected, but it was kind of a freak injury, a hand injury. Um but with Jimmy, I mean, it's built into their program that he's going to miss time. Like he's not going to play 82 games. I keep being told that like 65 to 70 is the target. I think, it, again, all things go well. I think that's where he ends up. And then, like you said, like Caleb will get more responsibility. Hawkins would play. And I, I feel like no matter who's on the floor, they would find a place for Hawkins. But let me ask you this about Hawkins uh, in terms of if he's in a situation where the ball is not in his hands, right? How effective can he be playing off of others? Because that's what stuck out to me was like he really made an impact at the end of that game where it's like, okay, they don't have like anybody to initiate the offense right now. We're going to put it in the hands of the guy who did this a lot at UCLA, let him run a ton of those pick and rolls. But if I'm just saying, okay, we're going to put in Hawkins, but they're going to have Jimmy. They're going to have Bam. They're going to have Tyler. Like what, what do you do with him? Because the, uh, he's not a spot up player, right? So how, how does he contribute in that situation? Yeah, I think they're going to try to try their best for him not to be a spot-up player. I just think there's so many more avenues to his game right now that favor him, whereas putting him on a three-point line and asking him to shoot cat and shoot threes, it's just not his game. It's not his game at this stage. So I think that's a very good question because how will they utilize his role? I think back to like what they did with Max in Summer League where they told him to kind of put the ball in his hands and do different things, even though it wasn't going to be his role. But the thing is about that situation was Max could just kind of fall back on the shooting, whereas Hawkins still – kind of needs the ball from different spots. You think back to Haywood Highsmith, it was the opposite. They basically said in summer league and different in preseason, they're like, we're not going to put the ball in your hands because that's not your role. We want you to kind of just always play your role and get used to it. Uh, and we saw that's translated. So this is a little bit of a different situation of how they'll handle it. I think in terms of how they would utilize it, it's similar to the way they use Caleb early on. And I know I've been saying that a lot, but the reason I say that is just because he could kind of react and, and play slower on spot ups where he's not relying on the three, but he can kind of work off closeouts I think the baseline roaming is huge in terms of just kind of moving back and forth. And he's probably more solid, especially at this stage than Caleb was just because of his was stuff we talked about, the finishing, the footwork, uh, the shot fakes, the, everything along those lines. He's very good in that like little by the rim range that he can kind of get a good feel for that. So I, I'm actually really, that's probably, we, you know, we did this before we talked about like pairings we wanted to see. And we talked a lot in the kind of in last episodes about different things we want to see in the preseason. Hawkins and Jimmy is an interesting one that we have not talked about because I kind of am curious to see how they would possibly work off each other and see, uh, especially with Hawkins off the ball. I'm trying to think like, I mean, Hawkins can probably do stuff as a screener. I mean, it's not going to be like a primary thing you could go to, but I think there's stuff he could do because the whole goal with Hawkins, I think, is trying to find ways to get him switches. Uh, so screening would probably be a big thing for him, trying to get a switch because I'm thinking about the stuff he could do in the mid-range. I think they could work certain sets through him, like mid-post sets, uh, we'll see how his playmaking looks, but it's definitely 
going to be an adjustment. Because as you mentioned, like in that fourth quarter, it was a lot of him having the ball in his hand. I thought he actually did a good job in a lot of the pick and rolls that he was given. Uh, but when you're talking about a, a fourth quarter uh, of a regular season game, he's not going to be the one that's running the pick and rolls. You're going to have Jimmy, Bam, and Tyler. They're going to be running primary of those sets. So the big kind of the the big thing here for both of these guys, Ethan, is what we're going to come back to is the shooting. Mm-hmm. Like whoever can kind of pop shooting wise, because we know what their skill sets are other than the shooting. Like Hawkins, we just went over it. Jovic, we know what he has as well, running the floor, his passing, all those things. Who's ever maybe three point shooting can kind of surge quickest might be the guy that ends up sticking the longest, if that makes sense. So uh, just because of the reason you just mentioned of playing off those guys. So that'll be an interesting to monitor because I think both of them at this stage are a little up and down with the shooting and are trying to kind of per- perfect and kind of get used to the reps of kind of finding a consistent shot. So I think whoever catches on quicker will benefit the most, at least from Spo's perspective of getting kind of consistent playing time. I'm glad that you mentioned Jimmy because obviously he's the focal point of this team still when he does play. And I don't know how it's going to look with him and Hawkins together. I think that is something to monitor here. Uh, reminds me a little bit, although obviously Hawkins is a much more polished scorer. But when Justice Winslow was here and Jimmy came in and we we're kind of like, how is that going to look together? And I remember Justice having 27, 7 and 7 in the season opener that Jimmy missed. Uh, it never worked, honestly. Uh, I mean, a lot of it was Justice got hurt and then I got traded, but I, it never worked. Uh, again, not quite the same player as Hawk is, but some of the some concerns uh, mirror each other a little bit. But the, the thing about Jovic is I do think Jovic plays off Jimmy well, uh, potentially, and I think he plays off Bam well, potentially. And if you're talking about those being your two most important players, then you can see the role for Jovic. But I still, I, I, I'm with you that I think for right now, it would be Hawkes first. And it comes to this. When we talked about what the potential rotation could be, and I still believe this should be the rotation, I don't know what they're going to be doing with Kyle Lowry as a starter. It, again, both threw us kind of a curveball by putting Lowry, Richardson, and Hero in the starting lineup. So it was hard to really figure out, okay, which is the real starting backcourt, or is Josh just in for Jimmy? I think it should be Hero and Richardson. And if it is, and it's Hero, Richardson, Butler, Love, and bam, and your first three off the bench are Martin, Lowry, Robinson, and by that I mean Duncan, then a big, which looks right now to be Thomas Bryant, uh, at the nine spot. And then we've said, okay, it's a competition for that 10th spot. Would you agree that right now of the three we talked about for that competition, Highsmith, Hawkins, and Jovic, Jovic has the most work to do to make himself a regular behind Highsmith also? Yeah, I think both of those guys are probably behind Highsmith. I know I've been saying that a lot just because I, I, what I've seen and what I know Smo goes to, he's using Highsmith a ton this season. Like he just is. I, I think the the stuff I've talked about with the jumper looking the way it has and the jumper just kind of developing this way, like, yeah, he's getting playing time. So then it comes down back to the two guys we've been discussing. Uh, and it may sound like really simplified, but the defensive stuff really probably will, will be the deciding factor of, and Hawkins and stuff I talked about kind of holding up will be big. Uh, and he could kind of, we'll see what Jovic can obviously develop into. Cause we don't even know what Jovic is like, we, like a position wise. Like I know Hawkins says he's a two threes obviously has to be in that range. You ask Yo, like people talk about Jovic. Like I know everybody kind of characterized him as a four. You ask him, he feels like he's like a guard just because he's played guard his entire life. And that's his skill set. And then you probably ask Spo and Spo feels like he's a five. So like, 
I, I'm not saying Spo would say that, but that's the position you'd probably see him most of the time if he was up to him. So it's like a weird scenario, but definitely I think Jovic definitely has the most work to do in terms of just – I don't know if it's proving – his own skill or to the coaching staff. But I do think it is when you mentioned kind of playing off of the main guys, like he just has to get to that point because he's not at that point yet where he could kind of build off and kind of work off the Jimmy's and the bands of the world. As much as we talk about starting the Jovic starting thing, like it just hasn't gotten there yet. Like he has to work his way up into playing with the, the Larry Martin Duncan grouping before he even gets to that point. And we haven't even seen that graduation yet. So it's like, it's a weird scenario. It just it, that's why I think this conversation is interesting because there's the conversation of individual skill set and then there's playing off the main guys and it just feels like in theory right now and maybe once again maybe this is a little bit of uh recency bias but Hawkins just seems the best fit for just what Spo wants which is just going in the game 15 minutes and just not being a mess like just do, playing your exact role and not getting in the way. Whereas like Jovic could be a kind of a wider variant and he could pop off and have like a, a momentum switching plays of coast to coast plays. Uh, but he could also kind of get in the way maybe in the shooting doesn't end up working and there's different things that kind of play into it. So it's like, it's definitely a back and forth battle, but look, at there's going to be, you know, unfortunately there's going to be injuries either way this season. So it might not be a Hawkes or Jovic thing. It might be a Hawkes and Jovic thing where they probably are going to end up needing both. Cause you mentioned Jimmy's going to set out games. Well, so is Kevin Love, right? Kevin Love is not going to be playing a high number of games as great a shape as he is. They want to keep him fresh for the playoffs. So then the question becomes, how do they work that in? And what does Spo like doing more than anything? When I talked about kind of graduating, getting to the bench and then the starting lineup, when Love is out, Jovic is probably starting because there's always that placeholder thing where they want to keep the bench intact. So mm-hmm. It's the same scenario. It's just it's just kind of <laughs> different players sitting out, and we'll see how they obviously play out play off of each other in that range. Well, when you mentioned that maybe Jovic might start when Love is out, I think so much of this comes down to where he wants to keep Caleb Martin the whole year. Like, if Caleb is going to be coming off the bench, which I think is something he's comfortable with, we've talked to him about mm-hmm. it. I talked to him about it again, and I do think it's his best role this season, and he is smart enough to understand that. And that is what Spo wants to do and keep him there. Then, yes, both Jovic and Hakas could get opportunities to start because when Jimmy's out or when Love's out or even when Bam's out, there could be a possibility of him starting because Caleb stays in his role. Now, if Spo decides to to deviate from that, which is not something he typically does and say, okay, we're going to make Caleb a starter when one of these guys is out, then that's a little bit different. But I don't anticipate that. I I think that he has enough trust in his depth, even if it's young depth at this point, that I think keeping Caleb in that role to be a player who they can run some offense through, can do some different things, operate in different spots on the floor, off the bench is the direction that they likely go. I don't – I think I would disagree a little bit on that just because I think Caleb is a different scenario where I honestly believe – if Jimmy's out, they would just move everybody up a notch and they would probably okay. put Caleb in the starting lineup and Hawkins off the bench. That was just what I would possibly see. Whereas I think Jovic is a different scenario where Jovic's skill set is similar to Love's in a way where they, they can kind of play off certain things that they do. Uh, and they just trust Caleb enough that he's like, they call him a Swiss army knife. Like I, I don't think his role matters as much as we probably, as much as these other guys, like his role probably could fluctuate more than anybody on this team. And it probably doesn't look much different just because he's going to do what he's going to do either way. And it's not really like a, 
he doesn't have like a simplified role. Like he's just kind of all over the place. Like he kind of, <laughs> he kind of does it all offensively where he's kind of all over. So I could see that. And I don't know it. We, I know we were going to do this episode, Ethan, about like the, the track record of rookies and all this yeah. stuff. Like, I just can't see him putting in a like starting a rookie on a Tuesday night against Boston uh, instead of playing Caleb Martin. Like I just can't really see that. Yeah, I can see what you're saying. I I can see they're both gonna play. I can see what you're saying, and it does fit with what Caleb told me, which is when he was working on his elbow work that day. Uh, his work from the elbow, he was basically like, I need to be able to do everything. He's like, I you know, and so that I can be called on in every situation, and I think that is. Like you said, his role this year is everything, essentially. And, yeah, so I could see him starting. All right, when we come back, after a word from our great sponsor, Manscaped, I do want to get into the future here because we talk about now. Have we changed who we think has the higher upside? This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. What's the first thing you do if you had an extra hour in your day? Go for a run, take a nap, maybe check the stats of the latest Miami Heat game? I've got a better idea. A lot of us spend our lives wishing we had more time. The question is time for what? If time was unlimited, how would you use it? The best way to squeeze that special thing into your schedule is to know what's important to you and make it a priority. Therapy can help you find what matters to you so you can do more of it. I've benefited from therapy. I went through some life changes, major life events, had some difficulties, wasn't a believer in therapy, but it helped me and it can help you also. So if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. So learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash Miami Heat today to get 10% off your first month. Again, that's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P, dot com slash Miami Heat. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Football season is back, and you know what that means. Touchdown dances, Sunday tailgates, and epic fantasy showdowns. But, fellas, let's not forget the real MVP of the season, introducing the all-new Beard Hedger Pro Kit by Manscaped, your ultimate luxury beard grooming experience. This kit is your secret weapon for staying sharp on and off the field. Don't fumble this opportunity. Head to manscaped.com and elevate your grooming game with the Beard Hedger Pro Kit. Join the 9 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped. You heard that right. 9 million men or 109 MetLife stadiums. We shouldn't be talking about New York. So go to manscaped.com. It's not even New York. It's New Jersey. Go to manscaped.com and get 20% off and free shipping with the code 5RSN. Again, 20% off and free shipping with the code 5RSN. Your grass is not artificial. Keep it shaved with Manscaped. All right, welcome back to 5 on the Floor. Brady, let's close with this because I think if if we pull this now, and I did not, but I think this would look a little bit different than before, but maybe not as much different. I, I feel like the sentiment has moved towards, you know, Yakez, uh, Hakez playing right away uh, and making more of a contribution right away, which I think there was a tilt in that direction anyway. 
but not quite to an 80, 20 degree. Um, but I think if we had pulled this before, who has the the, ba- the greater long-term upside, Jovic, especially after World Cup, probably would have been 80, 20 in his direction. And now I, I actually feel if we pulled it, it might be closer to 50, 50. How do you feel about that? And does it matter where they are? Because, because uh, again, there's still trade candidates. Maybe not the moment. I'm not going to do a transaction episode here, but we know what Jimmy's timeline is, and if they can strike for something, that these would be two players who could end up somewhere else, one or the other. Um, who has the higher upside in Miami, and who might have the higher upside if they end up somewhere else? I think it's probably Jovic in both scenarios. I, I still think in terms of upside, and maybe for one, this like. We're talking about like rookie versus sophomore when Jovic is way younger than Hawk is. Like, I feel like we also have to put that kind of a uh, context on it, but he 100%, I feel like has the higher, uh, kind of the higher upside, higher ceiling, just because of his skill set. Like you ask Hawk is, and, and this might be simplified a little bit, but you ask Hawk is who he wants to kind of play like, and he'll mention Jimmy or he'll mention DeRozan or he'll mention, you said Gordon Hayward or he'll mention all these different players. You like kind of find like the comps really easily. Well, when you ask that about Jovic, and this is what I asked him on Media Day, it's like everybody really struggles to figure out who he is. Like, what player does he compare to? What is he trying to end up being eventually down the line? There's not really an answer from anybody. There's not really an answer from him because we don't really know because that's how unique his skill set is. He has certain things. And if he could just put it together and become a complete, efficient, uh, all together, kind of a all in one type of player. There's something really special there. And I think that's why he's definitely has the higher ceiling and upside. Uh, we've talked about the different reasons why I think if the stuff from running the floor, we, yeah, I know maybe that gets a little put in a certain direction, but he really could. That's like a skill of his, like getting the ball and running the floor and be able to do that efficiently. Especially if you've watched Miami over the years, you know how badly that can look. That is like a real skill of his that he can kind of continue to develop in the half court, his passing. Like you have a guy that is, you know, probably seven foot at this stage. I don't really know. I don't, I haven't gotten the measuring tape out, but he's six eleven, seven foot and can pass the way that he can and thread the needle and pass from anywhere on the floor with his back to the basket, draw on the ball, making skip passes. Like that stuff is special. Uh, I think his body control and finishing is there. I think a lot of the skill set, it really comes down to if he can find a consistent shot that can really put this all together. So like if he can do that eventually, and, and once again, he's a project. Like he's somebody that they're trying to going to continue to develop. And I know you mentioned the trade case, but if he is here in Miami, they're going to continue to develop him. The shots eventually going to come along consistently, I expect. And that's when you'll kind of see the, the real development start to happen and the ceiling continue to rise. So Hawk is, I feel like, you know what he is and you know what he's going to be. And Jovic is kind of still unknown at this stage. Yeah, I'm with you. And uh, Jovic again is a, is a commitment. Like it does feel like that. Like it's, it's, you have to be willing, I think, to be patient with him, uh, but also build something that features him in some way. Whereas Hawkes, we just saw it in the last game. Like that is he's he's literally gonna gonna jump in, and you know there may be some erratic play, and and I think we should do that episode where we take a look at how Spolster has used rookies um, since taking over in 08. There's a much different way that he used Michael Beasley as opposed to the way he used Bam Adebayo. Uh, Tyler Hero, some of the others that they've had. Um, Hawkes is joining a team that's trying to compete right now. That is a different experience than going to a team. Then we t- we asked him about that on the podcast too. You know, if he went to 
Uh, let's say he went to like a, I don't know, a Detroit, a Houston. Uh, he he might be featured in a lot of their offense this year. Uh, with, with the Heat, it's like there will be like spot featuring. Like there will be opportunities for him to do the kind of things he did at UCLA. And I think that's what we saw in that preseason game is, okay, I could see like a five or six minute stretch where, you know, Hawkins is, you know, like, okay, this is a weird lineup, but wait, this guy we can go to. And I think that's what they were looking at at the end of that game. Jovic, it almost feels like for that, for him to really make an impact, somebody has to be out for a while. <laughs> and then it's like, okay, we, you know, we, we've got two weeks where Jovic is going to play quite a bit in place of this person or that person or whatever. And we're going to start to see that thing build. And then I can, again, see if it works and the player comes back, whoever it is, whether it's love, bam, etc. Then everybody will be like, wait a second, why is Jovic not playing at all anymore? And it might, again, be because it's it's harder to just kind of plug him in. So uh, we'll see where that goes. I want to thank our sponsors, Manscaped, Better Edge. Again, Manscaped, use the code 5RSN. Same for Better Edge. Prize fix, use the code 5FIVE. Catch our coverage of all the games over the weekend. We've got a Friday night game uh, on the road. We've got a Sunday night game at home. Brady and I and Alex will be at that one. Also do want to mention our first watch party of the season is going to be at rock esports center that's october 27th a 2k tournament following the game so after the heat beat the celtics then you can beat someone else in 2k i won't be there so alex is your host for that one hold him accountable have a good day everybody thank you for listening to the five on the floor on the five regional sports network Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.